I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. My mother used to call me dangerous. They're here. Why are you doing this to us? Because you're home. What's that like to live deliciously? Welcome back, you guys. Um, so this one obviously is not as long as a delay as Oculus. Again, I cannot apologize enough my lack of preparedness um but i'm gonna jump right in because we are talking about 2004's Wes craven's cursed why am i jumping into it so fast because what some people may not know is the movie cursed we got actually is a completely different movie than was intended we had many other celebrities, many other performers who were um, tied to this project, including Ski Ulrich. <sighs> that could have been so nice. Um, and Mandy Moore, which would have been very interesting. <laughs> um, but let's talk more about what was going to happen and what didn't. The goal for Cursed basically was to reinvent the werewolf genre. New rules, new ideas, you know, similar lore, but just an all-around different story. Um, this was, you know, another team up with Wes Craven and Ke Kevin Williamson. Um, all of the pieces were set for a great movie. Except for, you have the wicked stepmother, the Maleficent, the fucking Hades, if you will, the villains of the Weinstein brothers, who of course have to meddle in and ruin everything. They are the reason, pretty much, that this movie was initially intended to be R, um, they changed it to a PG-13 rating, and they had a bunch of other edits and requests that completely fucked with Wes and Kevin's vision, and thus created a movie that was not great and could have been better. Some differences include the fact that there's a character in this movie named Jake who did not exist in the original Curse. Um, we are, I'm, this is me talking about the movie, so here I'm gonna, this is not a spoiler. So in this movie, um, Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg play siblings. In the original, it was supposed to be Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, and Ski Ulrich. Ulrich? I don't know which one it is. I listen to like a hundred podcasts, they say his name like every single day. I'm saying Ulrich because the American language system makes no sense. Um, but they were all supposed to essentially, like, crash into each other. Like, Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg weren't even related in this cut. Um, and they all get attacked by the werewolf, and they have to find each other and figure out how to stop the curse and figure out what's going on. I would like to take this moment to apologize because I'm not going to go back and re-record it. I'm not doing that. But I would like to apologize because I'm about to do something terrible and you horror fans are going to jump down my throat. Multiple times coming up here, I referred to Ski Ulrich as Steve Ulrich. 
<laughs> so please don't crucify me. I'm letting y'all know now I made a mistake. That's it. Um, I know that part of what caused Steve to leave was the fact that, um, shooting was just taking too long. It was initially supposed to take, I think, like, two months, and it took, like, nine. Um, Skeet also, his character was initially just gonna be, like, you know, someone who was turned into a werewolf, and then he ended up getting with Christina Ricci, which, um... Would have been a nice pairing. Um, but, um, he ended up walking because essentially they had this vision where, like, oh yeah, well, the boyfriend is gonna be the evil werewolf who was Steve Ulrich. Steve Ulrich. And he's like, um, I just did that. <laughs> I just played the bad boyfriend. So I don't wanna do that again. And he walked. I don't know why Mandy Moore walked, but it was a walk to remember because from that point on, this movie just went downhill and turned into something completely different. The one change I'm in complete support of. I love Mandy Moore. I genuinely do. But Mandy Moore was initially set to play the character Jenny, who in the final version is portrayed by Maya. Maya. Case of the X. Maya. Speaking of which, I genuinely think, do you know how we had that era where like horror movies would do like scary interpretations of songs, right? Like, I want it, I got it. And then the I got five on it from Oz. Um, I really think we need, like, a violin-heavy, like, horror remix of Case of the Axe to play in one of these, like, trailers. Like, do a single white female remake and, like, have it be, like, the Case of the Axe, like, spooky remix. That would be so cool. Um, but with that being said, um, ooh! It's really sad how this whole thing turned out because this is my first Wes Craven movie I'm doing. So I really can't go without saying that when we lost Wes Craven, we lost like a great. We lost such an icon and someone who was such a genius. And honestly, as someone who would love to act, like it really, really was a blow that like that's someone I'll never get to work with. I mean, not that I will work with anybody, but, you know, you never know. Um, but um, he was such a creative, and it really bums me out that he had such a dope vision for this movie, and producers just fucked the whole thing to shit. Um, and I've taken some notes here on some of the extra details this episode might be a little long, but, like, it's chock full of content, and if you want, actually, you can skip past this part if you don't really care to hear what the initial movie was gonna be, and you'd rather just hear what it turned out to be. Um, go ahead and skip ahead. I'll let you know how long it's gonna be. <laughs> you can just jump to 13 minutes and 55 seconds if you'd rather skip over this and just hear about the movie we got. Okay, so to start off, um, 
they had this story planned out, and I was talking about the Vince character, right, that Ski Ulrich played. So basically, Vince's character is the one that really, really, like, turns this story into a different direction. He's essentially, like, this little rich kid with, um, like, a dysfunctional father, um, who Vince's dad also has a much bigger role in the original script. Um... And Vince actually becomes a romantic interest for Ellie. And then with that, Jimmy would be able to kind of be seen as a character with his own agency, not being tied to Ellie and not being related to her. We kind of get to see more of him. Um, he has a plot line with this character, Bo, which actually I'm pretty sure in the original script was the exact same. Um, once we get to that, that'll be interesting. Um... But yeah, it would have been really interesting to see Skeet play this, like, trust fund rich kid. He's, like, moody, like a little werewolf Bruce Wayne. I don't know. Um, also, Jenny has a much bigger role um, in the original script when she was portrayed by Mandy Moore. Um, we could have kept that. We could have kept that. I would have liked to see more Maya, but that's just me. And I will mention that multiple times. I apologize, but I'm a Maya stan. Oh, well. Another thing is the big bad we get is um, not the big bad in the original script. Um, the big bad in the original script, in the end of this film, I'm not going to spoil things, um, we get two werewolves that are like the bad guy. And the first one that's revealed, that's the big bad in the final script, which works out a lot better for me. <laughs> um... But, like, let's talk about the fact Rick Baker was initially penned to do the wolf effects. I'm actually, another thing I want to mention, if you go on my Instagram, Ghouls, Girls, Gays, I will actually, the day I drop this episode, be posting pictures that I got from bloodydisgusting.com, which got these pictures from Hello, Sydney. Um, and these pictures essentially are from the original Cursed, and we get to see Skeet and Christina together, and we also get to see the original designs of a werewolf, so I will post those. Basically, he did the effects for American Werewolf in London, and as you will see in the effects I post, if you look, they are way better than what we got. A lot better, a lot cooler, a lot freakier, <laughs> um, as opposed to the sock puppet we got. Um, but Rick Baker was either let go or he left due to all the changes in the script, which I wouldn't blame him. That's fucking a lot, you know? Um, but Rick Baker was switched out with a company called K&B. And the problem there is the CG werewolves were so expensive, which is you, could you really believe that looking at the movie? These werewolves don't look great. No shade. Um, but they were very, very expensive to create these wolves. So they barely they barely used them on screen in the final product. They used them as little as they could. When they could have just kept the original script, kept Rick Baker. Um, yeah. So also, um the show off with the first bad we get takes place in a museum. Um, this was the initial third act 
this was the initial final act, and I, I think I would have been pleased with it going down this way. Execs asked Kevin Williamson to rewrite the third act, which is how we got the final scene we did, which I don't like at all. So, like, I, I genuinely believe executives and production completely fucked this movie up and blew its chances of succeeding before it even, like, came out. Crazy. Um, all these rewrites and all these reshoots, and we could have had a way better movie than we got. Um, but let's talk about some of the other actors that were tied to this project initially. We have Omar Epps, Mandy Moore, Robert Forrester, Elena Douglas, Scott Foley, Heather Langenkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and Corey Feldman. Also, who else was tied to this project but Freddie Prince Jr.? This literally, this movie was almost like 90s slasher, 90s horror, like, reunion time. And honestly would have made for a great cast. Why the fuck did this happen? Why? Doesn't make any sense to me. But we got what we got. Um, another thing is Becky. Our character Becky was considered a star fucker which plays into one of the big bad wolves we have, um, who is, like, the subordinate wolf in the original script, which is a celebrity cameo we still get in this movie. Um, (laughs) an interesting one, I'd say. Um, yeah, that's what we could have had. We could have. Alright, so this one opens up with a Bowling for Soup performance. Mm-hmm. And hey, so, like, this is my thing. It's like a, if you're, if you're seeing Bowling Pursuit, Pursuit? Bowling Pursuit? <laughs> bowling for Soup performing live in the beginning of a film, you are in the early 2000s. Absolutely so. Um, anyway. They're playing some Little Red Riding Hood type of song. Um, and we meet our first two characters, which is Becky and Jenny, who are besties, played by Shannon Elizabeth and Maya. You know why this is iconic to me? Because one of my favorite video games growing up was James Bond's Everything or Nothing. And Maya and Shannon Elizabeth are actually both in that game. Also, like, Maya sang one of the best James Bond theme songs for that video game. Give me everything or nothing. Like, honestly, this song had such a chokehold on me. It's such a bop. Oh my god, any Maya song really had a chokehold on me when I was a kid. I, I, I love Maya. So, Jenny brings um, Becky over to this fortune teller lady who is played by Portia de Rossi. She goes, come on, girl, like, we need to, like, see your fortune or whatever. Basically, Jenny is annoyed because Becky's her best friend and she's obsessed with this guy and won't stop talking about him. And once this fortune teller, pretty much tell her this dude ain't shit. 
Jenny's a good friend for now. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we'll get into how she isn't later. Um, basically, she goes, hey, like, can you hook me up? Like, tell her about this dude named shit. And this fortune teller goes, oh my god, you're in danger. And she grabs Jenny's hand and Jenny's like, no, not me, her. Um, the fortune tellers, the fortune teller starts reading and she says they're in danger. And she says, oh no, the beast, beware of the moon. And the girls get up and walk away. <laughs> and Becky goes, I don't have to hear this shit. <laughs> And she goes, you can't tell people this stuff, lady. Lay off the crack pipe. Lay off the crack pipe, Becky. Wow. <laughs> so, um, because Jenny was so mad, she just stormed off. And she's now missing because Becky goes and she can't find Jenny. Um... We get some extreme, like, extra... Like, have you ever seen Charmed, like, where we get, like, an extreme rock song and they do those, like, um, flashy shots of the city? So we get, like, those of, of like, Hollywood Boulevard. Um, we meet Brooke, who is at work and is greeted by this little dog or this big dog running into the store and just running up to her. And she goes, oh, my God, hey, like... Who do you belong to? And here comes Jimmy, who is Jesse Eisenberg. Um, oh yeah, that's mine. I'm sorry about that. Um, he goes, I'm sorry about that, Brooke. And she goes, I'm sorry, do I know you? And he goes, oh yeah, I sit behind you in class. She goes, are you sure? <laughs> Lord. Um, but yeah, he is sure. Um, we're pretty sure, too. Um, but he goes, yeah, my name's Jimmy. And <laughs> suddenly this car pulls up. And it is her boyfriend, Bo, who comes skipping up and wraps his arm around her like, hey, baby. How's it going? She's like, oh. And he looks at Jimmy and he goes, oh, hey, I know you. You're in gym class. You need to wear a cup, bro. Like, whatever. Like, you know, just like kind of clouding him. And this is Milo not saying his last name. Um, and Brooke goes, stop that. Be nice. His name is Billy. And Jimmy just goes, actually, it, it, it's Jimmy. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg is perfect for this role, might I say. Um, so then Bo proceeds to call Jimmy a geek on his way to Fagtown. <laughs> this, this is, like, you know, like, definitely treading, like, controversial. <laughs> Like, back then, even. So, like, it's very interesting. I guess it kind of comes around later. Um, hint, hint. Um, but, like, um, he then proceeds to tell him, I think your dog's gay, too. 
<laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jimmy is mortified, like, um, swinging a miss. Um, <laughs> and he's benched. So we then meet up with low bun power suit businesswoman, Ellie, who is pulling up to Tinsel Hollywood. She's going in there. And Tinsel Hollywood is this nightclub run by this guy, Jake, who is um, played by Joshua Jackson. Um, so Ellie goes up to him like, hey, and she like kisses him. And they're talking and he's kind of giving her a tour of the lot. There's like a lot of like horror looking stuff. Like um, there's a woman that looks like who's a part of like a ritual. It's like a mannequin, um, like skeletons and shit. And they come across like this, um, this Sterling Wolf head staff. It's like got like this Sterling Wolf head and then the, the, um, the staff part is black. Looks kind of like a cane, honestly, or like a walking stick. I don't know. Um, and they're having this opening soon, and Jake's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to be there. And Ellie's like, well, why wouldn't you be there? Of course you are. It's your opening. And he's like, no, I just want to crawl in bed for three days. And she goes, well, let me crawl in there with you. And he, like, gets, like, real awkward, and he's called over, like, hey, Jake, you got to come check this out. He goes, I'll be right back. And she she approaches him after, and she's like, dude, is, is something wrong? And he goes, no, nothing's wrong, Ellie. I just need space and time. I hate this character. He is such a fucking bitch, dude. Like, oh, my God. I just really need to work on my feelings right now. I tried shrooms for the first time, and I just discovered empathy, and, like, I just don't know what to do with myself anymore. I might die. <laughs> we're treading like love witch territory like that's that, he needs to meet elaine parks <laughs> that's all i'm saying um it's not attractive it's anti-attractive and it makes everyone dislike you so ellie picks up jimmy who we find out is her brother and he's been waiting on hollywood boulevard for her um, and he's like, do you know what could happen to a teenage boy, like, walking around by himself on Hollywood Boulevard? And he's, like, really pissed off because she was supposed to get him, like, a while ago. She's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm a powerful businesswoman. Do you see the suit? Do you see the low bun? Like, it's it, clearly all about business here. Um, and she goes, and usually, like, kids your age have friends to pick them up. Like, okay, wait, Ellie, that was rude. Um... <laughs> But as they're arguing, this big creature just comes running up their car and, like, cracks the windshield. And they spin out and crash into this other car and send it, like, flying over the guardrail and, like, down this hill. And it flips a bunch and we hear this girl screaming. Um, Ellie goes down to help and... Jimmy calls the police. And when Ellie goes down, we find out that the person in the car is Becky. Miss Shannon Elizabeth. So while Jimmy is calling the police, 
he can't get a signal. He goes, fuck AT&T. And I am in solidarity with him. Absolutely so, Jimmy. Ellie is trying to get her out and can't. She asks if there's a jack and Becky's like, yeah, in the trunk. Um, Eventually, Jimmy comes down to assist. And when he does, um, he ends up getting in the car and he's able to get Becky like out of her seat and un- out of her seatbelt and whatnot. Um, and she falls down. She goes like, you guys better have some good insurance. That's all I know. Like the police, you hear the sirens. And Jimmy goes, dude, like we, we hit something. Like we hit a creature. And Becky goes, what? Was it a dog? And then the window behind her just shatters. And this giant wolf head just comes through and chomps at her shoulder and pulls her out the window. So Jimmy grabs onto her leg and Ellie grabs onto his leg and the three of them are drug through the trees. Um, eventually they lose Becky. Um, so they run and climb back through the car to get away from whatever it is and they notice they're both scratched. <laughs> if you watch the unrated version then at this point, the upper half of Becky's body is thrown across the forest and just, bam, lands smack dab, like, right next to Ellie and Jimmy. I'm sorry, no. She isn't thrown in between them. Becky is hurled full speed at Ellie, knocking her down to the ground. And they look down at it, terrified. <laughs> she, she is smiling so big. Becky's got the biggest smile on her face. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> it's just funny because, like, seeing her in, like, a horror movie and it not being scary movie is really cool. But, like, I felt like this was, this was her channeling Buffy. <laughs> Oh, now... (laughs) Oh, now what? (laughs) I miss teen. You're really giving me a headache. Um, (laughs) Um, Moving on. Um, The police stop or are out there and asking them what happened. And they ask Ellie about her account of what happened. And then Jimmy's like, Dude, like, it was a monster wolf. And the cop who is played by fucking, um, Nick Offerman. Ron Swanson from The Office, if you will. Um, and the police officer's like, yeah, I I heard your account of what happened. The big monster wolf. So, like, obviously he sounds crazy. Um, and then Ellie's kind of like, yeah, it was crazy. We're not sure what we saw. I don't know. Honestly, I don't don't remember. I was probably fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then Jimmy goes to the car and sees that their dog is being, like, very, very strange. And he goes to reach out to him. And the dog bites his hand. 
And Jimmy's like, what the fuck? Like, well, this is so not like you. So the dog's name is Zipper. We find this out now. Or maybe we did earlier and I just missed it. I don't know. But basically, they get home and Zipper immediately runs up the stairs and away from them. And Jimmy's a little annoyed. And Ellie's like, well, what's up? And he's annoyed that she didn't, like, back him up. Or, like, have his back with the officer. And she goes, like, well, I'm I'm sorry I didn't see what you saw. And at the end of the day, the thing is, is, like, whatever it was was not a bear. I think we know this. It was not, like, a wolf. Like, a typical wolf, you know? It was very much, like, um... Something bigger. So that night, Jimmy decides to Google wolves. I'm sorry, he doesn't Google wolves. He search engines. <laughs> wolves. Um, and he finds some, like, gruesome pictures from wolf attacks and talks about how there's been, like, multiple wolf, like, thousands of wolf attacks from, like, unidentified species or whatnot. Um, but then, later that night, Ellie wakes up in her nightgown, walking around very evanescent, bring me to life, like a little silk white nighty. Um, and she goes downstairs to check the locks. And I'm like, but babes, um, that wolf busted through the car window. <laughs> um... While she's checking the house, she comes back around and she sees that the front door is wide open. Um, Jake is there. Good old Jake. And he goes, hey, Ellie, like, um, I'm sorry you've been such, like, a dick lately. I just, like, I, I didn't know that, like, feelings were, like, a thing. So, like, now that I have them, it's just, like, kind of really crazy but like I really like you and she's like oh that's so sweet and then they start to kiss or whatever and then she he's like kissing on her neck and she grows fangs and just starts biting into his neck and he's screaming screaming and it was a dream she wakes up bam um but also that morning, Jimmy wakes up naked in the front yard and a bunch of dogs start barking at him the moment he stands up and he like climbs up his house and into his bedroom window. Um, Ellie downstairs sees a news report about the crash and Becky's death and they say that it was a bear attack, which is okay, whatever. It's fair. Or bear. Um, but Jimmy comes downstairs and Ellie goes, do you sleep okay? He goes, I woke up in the bushes. Sometimes you do, Jimmy. It just happens. She's like, are you okay? Like, are you feeling all right? And he's like, yeah, but like, I really genuinely believe that thing that attacked us was a werewolf. And she's like, Okay, like, whatever. So, Jimmy grabs, like, this little Tupperware thing of raw meat and salts it and starts eating it. 
he sits down at the table with her and he's like, yeah, I was doing some research on it last night. And she goes, why can't you just download or why can't you just watch porn like a normal teenage boy? Um, ew, this isn't even like a whoa, stepsis kind of thing because they are literally like biologically related. Um, gross. Um, but he is like explaining that he thinks they're marked because there's been like stories or legends that if you get scratched or bit by a werewolf, you're marked and you will become one. Um, and she's like, okay, whatever. Um, but as she gets up to leave, she takes a piece of the raw meat and she eats it. Hmm. Casual non-werewolf behavior. We love it. <laughs> um, so Ellie goes into work and she's stopped by Kyle, who's her co-worker. And he's like, hey, um, love the new look. You look great. Um... He kind of has a dopey little crush on her, I think. Um, basically, her new look is her hair is down. <laughs> the sophisticated businesswoman gone, bud is gone. Um, but as they're talking, Kyle points out that um, psycho publicist is coming, and here comes Joni, played by. Judy Greer. Judy motherfucking Greer. I love Judy Greer. Oh my god. She, she's kind of like iconic in a way because like she's really good at playing a bitch, like an uptight bitch. Like her character in 13 going on 30 and whatever. But like she also, on the other hand, is very good at playing shy, timid characters. I can't rem- remember that movie. I think, who the hell was in that movie where, like, um, like the guy could read women's thoughts and she played that character who wanted to die? Like, that was the first thing I had ever seen her in. And then I saw her in, like, 13 going on 30. So, like... <laughs> She's got versatility. I love her. Um, but she's like, oh, I didn't even recognize you with your hair down. Um, are you fucking with Jake? <laughs> and Ellie's like, I mean, I don't know. We're just like hanging out. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, she also wanted to make sure that Ellie would be ready for Scott's big party. And looks her up and down and goes, I hope you're not wearing that. Um, so in Ellie's office, her and Kyle start talking, and they're like, um, since when did her and Jake hook up? And Kyle's like, I don't know. (laughs) But, like, apparently Jake was not feeling her. Um, so Ellie then starts to smell something yummy. She starts to sniff and follows the smell, and it takes her to her coworker who has a nosebleed. And she's holding this cloth up to her nose. And she goes, I get these sometimes. Did I freak you out? And she's just like, fuck. Like, 
that kind of look good. Like, if you're, if you're not going to do anything with that when you're done, just slide it over. Um, so at school, Brooke is having a problem, or at Jimmy's school, Brooke is having a problem with the vending machine. So Jimmy goes over and he helps her. And while he is, Bo comes up and he's like, what's this queer doing over here? Not, not directly, actually. He comes over and he just is kind of a dick. And it was like a wrestling tryout, wrestling team tryout um, flyer. And um, Bo asks if he is going to try out for the wrestling team. But um, <laughs> every time I say the word tryouts, I think of that Dream Doll song. Um, definitely go listen to it. It's a bop. <laughs> um, but there's a flyer for wrestling tryouts. And Bo asks, um, are you going to try out? Mill-to-mill contact seems like it'd be kind of your thing. And Jimmy just goes, bitch, aren't you the captain of the wrestling team? And Bo, Bo's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then um, they walk off and, oh, wait, Brooke actually goes, nice one, Jimmy. So, like, she remembered his name this time. Awesome. Um, and then Bo and the squad leaves. And he's like, you're going to get queerness or something like that, so. So later that night, um, Ellie shows up to this event. This guy Scott's party that Joni was talking about. And she meets up with Joni, and Joni goes, oh, hey, like, what the fuck? Because I don't think Ellie realized there was a theme. But there is. It's an endangered species party. <laughs> Very funny movie. Um, but, um, Joni basically says, okay, well, I'm going to go and tell Scott that you have arrived. So we still haven't met Scott. Um, but, like, Ellie's kind of annoyed because Joni's like, girl, like, you really came dressed like that? Like, there was a theme, and you look like... A Twilight vampire, like not even like an like a Cullen, like not even like not even like a Dracula, like a Cullen. Um, so she's a little annoyed, and then Jake from behind goes, "I think you look great." Um, she goes, "What happened to crawling in bed for three days?" And he's like, "Look, I'm like really sorry, like I just like I don't know what to do with these emotions and feelings and." She's like, yeah, whatever. It's okay. Um, he pulls her aside and he basically says, like, yo, Ali, like, what we have is special, dude. And, like, I don't want to lose you. And Ali's like, well, maybe we can talk about it a little bit more in private, you know, after the event. Um, um, <clears throat> Cue Jenny stepping directly in front of Ellie as if she isn't there. Like, literally just enters frame. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jenny Tate, Becky Morton's friend. <laughs> Do you want to fuck me? <laughs> she doesn't actually say that, but she, like, gives us weird formal introduction. <laughs> and then, um... <laughs> 
Um, so this is where we get into Jenny being a bad friend. Um, this is where I'm confused. It's because it's officially been announced that Becky was m- murdered by a bear. <laughs> and Jenny is showing no remorse. Like, are we supposed to believe that Jenny doesn't know that Becky's dead? Because, <laughs> you know, um, but Joni comes over and she's like, hey, Scott's ready for you. Um, it's Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. <laughs> Sir? <laughs> the funny part is, is allegedly he played a really big role in the original script. And, like, um, he was, like, a werewolf. <laughs> um, but, um... Basically, Jenny approaches, is talking to Jake, and she goes, like, Becky keeps talking about you. She won't stop. Like, are you going to call her back? And he goes, look, I'm off the market. And she goes, oh, no, I'm bummed. What kind of fucking friend, like, girl, we are looking either at your best friend is obsessed with this guy you try to fuck him and you don't know she's dead. You're just being a bad friend. Or there's this guy, he fucked your best friend and she knows and you know she's dead, but you still fuck him. <laughs> questionable, Jenny. Questionable. It's also very questionable that she, he turns her down because like Maya is so beautiful. And you know what's crazy is Maya looks the exact same today that she did back then. It's crazy. Honestly, one of the most beautiful women. Um, So during this interview with Scott Baio, Ellie is like, you know, talking to him and he's kind of getting a little frisky. And he so he says, there's something so alluring about you. I, 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 I can't even explain that. I can't put a finger on it. And he's like rubbing her thigh with his hand. And Ellie goes, oh, why use a finger when you can just use your whole hand? And then she gets up and walks away. She is done. She walks out of the party and she is gone. She goes into the parking garage and she pulls off. Um, Next... Miss Jenny Tate enters the parking garage. Um, this is the best scene in the movie. Hands down. I'm gonna tell you. Jenny approaches her car and she stops and notices, like, there's these, like, footprints, bare footprints on the ground coming out of this puddle, right? And they slowly begin to turn into, like, wolf tracks okay and the the face jenny almost looks kind of like horned up by it at first like hmm. <laughs> um but eventually she gets kind of weirded out she hears a, she hears a noise and she goes to unlock her key her car and bam this giant wolf just drops down next to her, snatches her up by the back of the neck, and tosses her across the parking garage. And Maya's scream 
is so phenomenal for like horror. I'm gonna put it in here. It's, her voice is so pretty. I love her. I will use this whole segment to just praise the fuck out of Maya. Okay. So, now Jenny, after being thrown across the parking garage, being turned into a white stunt double and landing on the cement, <laughs> and then becoming Maya again. Um, she is now laying on the ground, and this wolf jumps on top of one of the cars and is going to look over to where she landed. But he, the wolf goes and looks over, and it only sees her purse and her cat ears she had because she was like a little leopard. She had a really cute outfit, like leopard ears and like a leopard dress, like so cute. Um, we go down and we find that she's hiding under this yellow Jeep. Um, so the wolf um, jumps off the car and when it fudge, she makes kind of like a gasp and the wolf hears this and goes to look under the cars there is no one under the cars where the fuck is she um we pan up and see that she is up on like what do you call it like when you have like a tall car it's like this big yellow jeep or big yellow hummer and it's got one of those things steps on like the side i think it's just a step she's like holding on to the rear view mirror and standing on the steps taking off her heels because she knows she's about to sprint um, and she's just holding on for dear life. Um, the wolf can't find her. And so it begins to scratch the side of the car. Um, which makes this really loud, irritating sound. And Jenny even kind of like audibly like groans and she winces. And she knows like it's gonna be too much for her to hold on so she gets her keys and sets off her car alarm which the wolf shoves its fucking hand into the hood of the car rips it out and chucks the alarm across the parking garage um jenny then jumps off the car and just starts booking it flailing her arms, screaming and running while the wolf is, like, jumping behind her. It's such a great shot. She is running, like, school's out, senior year. Like, oh, my God. It's iconic. Um, She runs into the elevator, and she's pressing the bu button a bunch of times. And as she's going up, it gets stuck. So, like, the floor... She, like, made it to the upper floor, and she's mostly there, but there's still a little gap from the lower one. Um, the wolf breaks through the door, and it's, like, reaching to grab her. She climbs on top of the railing around the elevator, and she's, like, trying to avoid it. But eventually she falls, and right as she falls, she notices the wolf's gone. And that stairwell door is just closing, so the wolf went through the stairs. She's like, oh, thank God I'm good. Um, she begins to open the elevator door so she can get out on the upper floor. Baby, why? You could have been a final girl. Every single decision she made up until this point was so smart. <laughs> oh. Jenny, 
Anyway, the wolf rips the doors open and starts going to town on her ripping her shred. I'm also going to use this opportunity to voice a fact. First with a question. Why had... Why was this the only horror film that Maya was cast in? Like, why? Like, Maya's actually a pretty good actress. Like, she... She also had, like, a little part in Chicago. I feel like she had, like, another part in the movie I've seen before, and I can't pinpoint what it is. Um, but I I feel like she also has, like, a killer scream. Like, it's such a pretty, like, chilling scream. I love it. And she's just so gorgeous. She has, she has such scream queen potential. Literally, I'm. If I ever write a horror movie, I will be writing a role for Maya, <laughs> and she will get more than twenty minutes of screen time. That that's generous. She got like ten minutes. Anyway, Maya, if you're listening, you're not. I love you so much. <laughs> I still listen to my love. Is like, whoa, well, case of the eggs. Anyway, we are moving on from Maya. She is gone. So back at home, Jimmy is reading a book about werewolves. And he flips to a page where he sees something about the mark of the beast on the hand. And it's a pentagram. Um, he looks at his hand and realizes there are five dots. And he goes downstairs and connects them in with like a marker and realizes that it's a pentagram on his hand. Um, so Ellie comes home and she's like, hey, what you doing, homework? He goes, no, I'm just looking at how to kill a werewolf. She goes, let me guess, silver? And he goes, no, you have to separate the head from the body. Hmm. Um, he explains what the mark of the beast is and that he has it. And, um... Basically, she goes to put her hand up to tell him to stop and calm down. And he notices that she has the five dots on her hand, too. Um, He pretty much tells her, like, look, Ellie, like, we are werewolves, dude. Like, it is what it is. Like, you just have to come to terms with that. And she goes... You know what? I think I know what this is. The crash and the girl dying, it triggered you because of mom and dad. Okay, so at this point, we kind of know for a fact both their their parents are both dead. Um, and most likely, it was due to a car accident. Um, she goes, look, if you're not convinced, she picks up a picture of them with their parents and says, this frame is sterling silver from Tiffany's. I picked it out myself. It should burn me, right? And he goes, yeah. She picks it up, doesn't do anything. Um, she goes, go to bed. So Jimmy goes upstairs and he's reading some comics about werewolves. Um, and he hears a dog barking at him. He then starts to hear more. And he looks out his window, and there's, like, six neighborhood dogs out there just barking at him. And he's yelling out the window, like, shut up, shut up, shut up. 
Um, and eventually, he lets out this howl. They all start to whine and whimper and walk away. Um, okay, so the next day, Ellie and Jimmy are getting ready in the bathroom at the same time, right? And they're, like, upgraded because, like, Ellie's got, like, curly, voluptuous hair. And she's, like, wearing, like, this, like, pink blouse and whatnot. And she's all, like, dolled up. Jimmy has straight hair. Um, If you know who Jesse Eisenberg is, you know that he has naturally very, very curly hair. This is as nightmarish as you could imagine. It does not look good. It it actually it it genuinely i can't even it looks like they were trying to give him like some sort of an anime hairstyle which could never possibly look good on a human um but <laughs> the bitches love it <laughs> um so when ellie gets into work here comes kyle like oh, I like the new look. And he's, she's like, what new look? I'm literally just wearing a blouse. And he goes, I don't know, you're like giving off this different vibe. Um, There's some women in like um, garments sitting in the lobby, which they refer to as a G word convention. Um, if you know what I mean. Um, in... Portia Del Rossi's character, the fortune teller, is sitting among them. She jumps up and grabs Ellie and pulls her to the side. And she's like, hey, girl. Um, so, like, I'm not really this. I'm not going to say the word. I'm not really, like, you know. She takes off, like, her, her like, um, her little, like, hat and her, like, what the, her shawl, I guess it's called, um, I don't know. It's just very weird that they're, like, doing that. Um, and she's like, yeah, I do have foresight, though. Like, it's a gift from my mother. Um, she then looks at Ellie's hand, and she's like, um, you have the mark of the beast, and you are cursed. Um, and, like, also, it's somebody you know. Because it's not going to be, like, a stranger. Like, it's someone you know who infected you. Um, but Kyle comes in and he's like, okay, okay, um, get out. Like, go back to the waiting room, whatever. Like, this is not your space. And, um, so back, let's visit Jimmy at high school in his sick hair. Um... He's, like, in the gym now during wrestling tryouts, I think. Yeah, wrestling tryouts. And he looks down and he sees Brooke talking with her friends on the bleachers. So he does this, like, jump over, like, the railing onto the bleachers that, like... They make it look really epic. They really do. But, like, really, he only jumps, like, a couple feet. (laughs) And he comes down, he's like, hey, Brooke, 
Oh, no. He comes down. He stands next to her. And she looks up. And he looks down. He's like, oh, hey, Brooke. And she goes, are you stalking me? He goes, maybe. No. No. We will not be doing that, Jimothy. Jimothy. We will not. Um, so Bo comes up and he's like, oh, hey, babe. Did you go fruit fly on me? <gasps> fruit fly? <sighs> That's creative. Bo can read. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> um, but, um... Jimmy is, like, basically, like, hey, we're, like, actually having a conversation, so can you, like, um, fuck off? And Bo's like, wow, that's crazy, because that's my girlfriend, so, like, I'm gonna beat your ass. Um, and Bo's like, coach, I want to take Jimmy in the ring. And the coach is like, yeah, for sure. Um, actually, I'm gonna have your buddy go with him first. And his buddy comes up and he starts to wrestle with him. It's like this old blonde twink. And he goes, he goes, um, okay, Lempress, stay away from my grind. <laughs> you know, after that encounter, he was on Grinder. Um, basically, Jimmy is getting like fucked up at first, but then he's like over it. So then when the boy comes running at him, he just like basically grabs him and like flips around him and then like slams him to the ground fucks his ass up um so then coach is like Bo you're you want to take over and Bo's like hell yeah Bo runs in and he goes come on he goes come on fairy shake your dust and Jimmy's like oh I bet you'd love that wouldn't you they start going at it one of Bo's buddies runs and tries to jump in and um Basically, Jimmy just flings Bo into him and knocks him out. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. He, like, spins a bunch of times. He flies like a fucking sky dancer. Um, yeah. Um, so they're, like, getting into it, right? And Bo is kind of getting served up. And eventually, like, Jimmy, like does this move where he flips Bo upside down and he's, like, holding him straight up in the air. And do you know what he says? Do you know what he says to this boy? Single-handedly, one of the greatest pieces of literature possible was created when this line was wrote. Jimmy says to Bo, best part about being a fairy... You get to fly. Flips him onto the ground. Knocks his ass out. Crowd goes wild. Brooke's like, ah, oh my god, like, he beat up my boyfriend. Like, I've been hoping someone would do that. Like, oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. And Jimmy is just a badass now. <laughs> I just had a really funny... Um, thought because like I'm wondering like how did Jimmy get like perfectly like straight hair like overnight I just remembered that my sister <laughs> my sister had a flat iron that kept turning on like when she wasn't home and it would just turn on by itself 
So we like, we were under the impression that she had a flat iron ghost. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe like Curse could have delved into that like multiverse of like the, <laughs> the, the flat iron ghost. I would have appreciated that a lot, Wes. But this movie was already fucked to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Shit took, like, a whole entire pregnancy to film. So, <laughs> I get why it didn't happen. <laughs> um, so let's check in with Ellie. Um, Ellie is readying her boss, the host of this talk show, to go on stage. He informs her that he bumped Bayo. Um, Bayo is no longer on the show for the day. And she's like, um, okay. Um, he's getting ready to go on, and he opens a soda can to take a sip, which is crazy, because he's literally being called on stage, so, like, what's the point? Um, maybe it's a ritual, I don't know. He takes a sip, and, or no, he opens it, and he cuts his finger. And it starts to bleed, and he's like, what the fuck am I gonna do? And Ellie's trying to call for someone to get a band-aid, but he's about to go on, so she puts his finger in her mouth, and sucks the blood out. He likes it. <laughs> um, so he goes out on stage and she goes outside because she definitely liked it and she's kind of freaking out. Um, here comes Joni storming out. What the fuck is up with you bumping Bayo for Carrot Top? This, this is, this is wild, y'all. Like, we, we are in a universe where Scott Bayo and, um, Carrot Top are, like, at the top of the world. They are, like, competing forces. <laughs> oh, um, Ellie's like, leave me the fuck alone, girl. Like, I am going through it enough, and she tells her to, like, she'll fuck her up or something. I don't know, she threatens her. And Joni's kind of like, ooh, touchy. So Ellie goes into the bathroom to splash water on herself. And she kind of feels herself starting to, like, um, change a little bit. So she hears the bathroom door open. And she hides in the stall. Um, Nosebleed co-worker? It looks like nosebleed coworker, but like I'm assuming that this this <laughs> this production did give this character a legitimate name. And that's it. So nosebleed coworker comes in and she's like, Ellie, what's wrong? Ellie's like, leave me alone. Just leave me alone. It's a really bad day. And the coworker's like, Ellie, what's wrong? And she keeps like approaching her. And Ellie's like, just go away. Just go away. This lady opens the stall door and Ellie stops her and is gripping onto the door so tight that her hands are indenting and bleeding. And Nosebleed pushes the door open and goes, Ellie? And Ellie's eyes get all, like, wolf-like, and she goes, Get the fuck away! Or something like that. And Nosebleed just takes off. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck around and find out. Um, 
So, back at home, um, Jimmy is preparing himself a nice plate of raw steak. And he opens the drawer to get a knife and sees, like, this silver, like, serving... You know those things, like, you serve pies with? It's got, like, a handle and a triangle. You You pick it up. I don't know. I don't know. I am no culinary expert, obviously. Um, but he picks it up and it starts to burn his hand. So he puts it under some water. Bad idea. Bad idea. Mm -mm. You do not put it under water. I heard that's very bad. Um, but then, um, he hears a knock at the door. Um, so he goes to answer it. And who is it? (gasps) It's Bo. And Bo goes, hey. I just wanted to talk about what you said earlier. Like, um, I just, how did you know? I was wondering how you knew. And then all, I realized all this time, it it takes one to know one. And Jimmy's like, wait, what are you talking about? Bo goes to kiss him. Bo goes to kiss him. And Jimmy's like, um, dude, what the fuck? And Bo's like, come on. Like, um, I'm, you know, you're the only other gay person I know. And Jimmy's like, I'm I'm not gay. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not gay. I'm cursed. And Bo goes, I know. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? Jimmy says, no, like, I'm a werewolf. Like, I am a legitimate werewolf. I have an unnatural sexual appeal. I I have, like, a high sexual appeal or something like that. And Bo goes, yeah, I know. (laughs) And Jimmy's like, all right, all right, I gotta go back in the house. Yay, go gay. (laughs) Go gay. (laughs) This movie really, like, this is where I state the fact that the homophobia displayed earlier actually does come around. This is why I can kind of excuse it, because, like, (laughs) Jimmy is totally cool at accepting with Bo. Like, he's like, yeah, you're gay, that's cool. Yay, go gay. Like, clearly, clearly there wasn't any harm meant. Wes Craven, obviously, or, I'm sorry, I mean, I think Kevin Williamson wrote this, wrote most of it before it got botched, but Kevin Williamson, he knows, yeah. So, Jimmy goes back into the house and notices his raw steak is gone, and Zipper has gotten it, so... Jimmy goes, Zipper, what the fuck? And Jimmy goes down to look under the table, and Zipper's chomping away. And he pulls his tail, and Zipper turns his head around, and he has this big, giant, animated dog face. (laughs) And he goes, (laughs) And he's 
starts chasing, he starts chasing Jimmy around the kitchen, and Jimmy's, like, closing doors, and he's, like, bursting through them, so he runs out the front door, and Bo is still there, he's like, Bo, what the fuck are you doing here, and Bo's like, dude, like, I really want a bottom, <laughs> and, and Jimmy's like, we don't have time for that, like, my dog is a werewolf, too, so they run to the car, and they drive off, and Zipper busts through the door, and chases after them, but eventually gives up and stops. So Bo's like, what the fuck was that? And Jimmy's like, well, I, my dog bit me, and so I infected him. <clears throat> and Bo goes, what the fuck? And Jimmy goes, I told you I'm a werewolf. So they decide to drive to Tinsel, Tinsel to find Ellie. Um, while Ellie's leaving work, she sees a news report about Jenny and Becky. And she's like, hmm, that's really interesting. Because, like, Jake is a fucking hoe. And I know Becky was all on him at that party. That's very interesting. So she has to go home and she leaves. Um, When she's going to leave, Jake comes and just starts knocking on her window. And he's like, hey, Ellie, um... You know, like, can we talk? And Ellie's like, no, like, I'm, what's up with Jenny and Becky, dude? Like, you fucked both of them, and now they're dead. And he goes, like, come on. And he puts his hand on the window. He has the mark of the beast. And she's like, no, get the fuck away from me. And he's like, Ellie. And he, like, slams his hands on the window and shatters it. Then he reaches in and takes her keys out, and he's like, get out of the car. Um, so she gets out, and he's like, sorry about your window. I just want to explain to you what's going on. And she's like, okay, well, give me my keys first. And he goes, okay, fine. So basically, you're, he like goes to touch her shoulder, and he's like, so basically, like, you're a werewolf, and, um, jab. She stabs the fuck out of him with those keys, hops in her car, and speeds off. Leaves him looking like a fucking dumbass. As she should. Um, but. We go to Tinsel. And Lance Bass and his entourage pull up. <laughs> um, Jimmy and Bo sneak into the club with. Lance Babs entourage and they actually fit in pretty well um <laughs> Ellie calls Jimmy and she's like hey where are you and he's like I'm at Tinsel looking for you and she's like well I'm going home and he's like don't go home because um Zipper's there and he's a werewolf and she goes okay well Jake is at Tinsel and he's a werewolf <laughs> crazy <laughs> oh it's like the two sisters who are driving to see each other and crash into it. <laughs> um, no. But, um... Jake finds Jimmy, like, directly after this. Like, hey, Jimmy, let me talk to you. And Jimmy's, like, kind of freaking out. But then here comes Joni. And Joni's like, hey, Jake, I would like you to meet Scott Bayo. <laughs> and Jimmy, Jake's like, that's lovely. But while this is happening, Jimmy's able to, like, run off. Jake breaks away and starts to go look for Jimmy. And Scott Bayo looks at Joni and goes, why am I here? And she goes, 
Do you know who I had to blow to get you here? Um, so Jimmy and Bo realize that they're being pursued by Jake and they elect to hide it in the maze of mirrors. Um, just at this point, Ellie also arrives to the event and she asks Kyle if he's seen Jimmy and Kyle's like, no. So Ellie runs into the maze of mirrors. Um, Ellie calls out for Jimmy and all of a sudden Jake's like, Ellie, hey, and She's like, leave me alone. And he's like, it wasn't me who attacked you. And I didn't kill Becky or Jenny either. There's another one just like me. And she's like, how am I supposed to believe that? And he's like, I was born like this. I had to learn to live with something terrible. Just like you? I'm sorry. This man really said, yeah, I spent my entire life being a werewolf. I had to learn to live with it. Just like you had to learn with learn to live with your parents dying a few years ago. Like, Jake, are you absolutely fucking cuckoo bananas? Absolutely incomparable. Like, literally, literally reconsider that. Reconsider that statement. But Ellie is like, oh, like... Oh, and he goes, I love you, Ellie. And she goes, no. <laughs> um, but then out of nowhere, the werewolf breaks through the mirror and attacks Jake. What the fuck? Um, Ellie is able to get away. And then the wolf starts to chase after Jimmy and Bo. They decide to split up in the second boat. This is this is the funny part, is the wolf starts chasing them, and I think the wolf is maybe, like, 30 feet behind them at this point, and, like, a wolf so really fast. Jimmy goes, let's split up. Jimmy runs, like, in the direction furthest away from the wolf, and Bo runs backwards. <laughs> like, dude literally said, I am going to... Fight for my man. I will lay down on the line for my man. He is a loyal king. He started off from a homophobic slob to a loyal king. That wolf clocks the fuck out of him and sends him flying. Um, Ellie runs out of the maze of mirrors. She's telling people not to go in there. And she's like, oh my god, don't let anyone go in there. There's like a monster in there. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? The wall blows open and this wolf just comes jumping through and starts attacking everybody throwing people everywhere throws some dude at jimmy knocks him on his ass um and everyone is being like ushered out of the building and ellie runs out of the building and runs directly up to this guy and goes i can't find my brother and he goes he's probably out front and she goes i've looked everywhere Bitch, no, you haven't. No, you haven't, though. Because you literally just ran out of the building. Um, but she... He shuts this gate. He's like, the only thing left in there is that thing. And the wolf, like, growls. So she's like, what do I do? So she, like, drops down and she does this, like, little roll under the gate. It's really funny. <laughs> um, and she goes back into the club. As she's walking through, there's, like, dead bodies everywhere. Um, 
She bumps into Jake. J- Jimmy. She bumps into Jimmy. And they're like, oh my god. Hey. What the fuck? Um, and then Kyle pops up. He's like, Ellie. What's going on? And she goes, let me see her hand. Like, she and Jake are a little suspicious of him. He's, like, the only one left in there, and the wolf is still in there. So I get it. Otherwise, Kyle is not suspicious in the slightest to me. But then he puts his right hand up. Ellie says, show me the other hand. And Kyle just goes, in this weird, weird tone, he goes, Ellie... We don't have time to be playing these games. There's a wild animal out there. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? There, like, what? (laughs) Why? (laughs) So Ellie is like, um, your sketch, stay away from us. Her and Jimmy... Then hear a noise, and they turn around. Kyle goes, what, did you guys hear something? Kyle is immediately snatched up into the ceiling. Um, Jimmy and Ellie turn around, and they're like, where the hell is he? Um, there's a blood drop. And then his entire body falls from the ceiling, and his guts are, like, ripped out. Um... They run out of the hallway, and they run around to look for an exit. Um, when they run in, we see that there's three, like, wax figures. And one of them is Celine Dion in this, like, purple gown. Um, they're running to look around. And when Jimmy comes back to where the stage is, he notices one of them is missing. Because there's three microphones and a wax figure missing. And then he is thrown across the room... And we find that the dress has been used by Joni, the werewolf responsible. Queen Joni. Um, love this. Love a woman being a big bad. Actually, once I realized that Jake was not this wolf, I was pulling for it to be Joni. I really wanted it to. Um... Joni basically says that she fucked Jake and that's how she got the curse. Which kind of gives a new meaning to the line when Scott Bayo is like, um, why am I here? And she gets really frustrated and she's like, do you know who I had to blow to get you here? So blowing Jake to get Scott Bayo on the show is probably exactly how she ended up in this predicament. That's unfortunate. Um, she says, well, if I can't have him, she basically is doing all of this. She killed Becky and she killed Jenny because both of them wanted Jake. And Joni's like, well, yeah, um, if I can't have him, well, you know how it goes. And then they start to fight. Joni then tells Ellie I never saw you as a threat. Why do men always go for the tortured ones? And like, (laughs) okay, rude. And Ellie does not take kindly to that and they proceed to fight. Um, 
Ellie gets thrown around the entire room, and her bones are made of steel. Um, <laughs> eventually she gets thrown through a wall, and Jimmy tries to stab Joni with a sword, but misses and plunges it into the wall. He goes, okay, fine, fair fight, one-on-one. And she goes, okay, sounds good. High kicks him in the fucking jaw and sends him flying, and she just goes, fair fight, this is Hollywood. Um... She pulls the sword out of the wall and she goes to chase after Ellie and Jimmy. Um, but Ellie grabs this mace off of Kyle's body and sprays Joni in the face, to which they're able to get away and hide. Um, as Joni's pursuing him further, Jake comes up to her and he's like, it's you? And she's like, yeah, it's me. He's like, how did this happen? And she goes, turns out there's no such thing as safe sex with a werewolf. Um, and he goes, well, I'm not going to let you kill her. I love her. And Joni goes, I'm not, she goes, Jake, sweetie, honey, I'm not going to kill her. I'm just going to rip her to shreds and let her choke on her own blood. (laughs) Then maybe I'll eat her. (laughs) Jake tells her, like, I love that delivery. I love the delivery. Like, I love her conviction. Um, Jake tells her, well, you're going to have to kill me first. And she goes back, kicks him in the crotch, and sends him flying into the gate. She can't kill him because if she kills him, she... I don't know. So, she... If you're watching the unrated version, she then begins to drink blood from Kyle's body. And then she just kicks him across the room. Um... She then begins to turn into the beast. Like, her hair... She starts to pull her hair out. It starts to kind of fall off. She goes, You bitch! Like, she's turning. Um, But while she's looking for Ellie and Jimmy, she hears the police are coming. Um, um, Ellie and Jimmy are hiding in these bushes, but they eventually get found, and they face off with Joni. Um... Joni is just throwing them all around, and eventually, Ellie gets thrown into the display case with that, um, the silver wolf head staff we were talking about earlier. And in the background, there's a ghost face mask in the display case. I love that. Um, Ellie then is, like, knocked out. And Joni's going to get her, but Jimmy kind of, like, hits her, and they start to fight. Ellie comes to and whacks Joni with a silver staff to which it just busts. And Joni throws her across the room again. To which um, then Ellie grabs the wolf head and it starts to burn her hand. But she shoves it into Joni's, Joni's mouth. And it starts to burn. And Joni's about to do something. But then the police enter the room and she goes, shit. And she just jumps, she like parkours out that bitch, she's gone. The police come in and they're like, hands up, hands up. And so Jimmy and Ellie put their hands up and they're like, what the fuck happened in here? And Jimmy's like, it was a werewolf. And they're like, um, a what? And Ellie goes, well, she could have changed into her human form. Her name's Joni, she's a publicist. And, um... They go, well, what's she look like? And Ellie goes, she's hyper skinny. Jimmy goes, 
she's like maybe like five seven. I don't remember how tall he said she was. Um, but then Ellie kind of goes further and she goes, yeah, she's hyper skinny with um, bony thighs or a bony ass and fat thighs and bad skin. All of a sudden, <laughs> the window up above just busts open and here comes Joni in werewolf form. Liar! Flipping Ellie the bird. And let me tell you something. This is a powerful image. I'm going to post some images on Instagram from this movie, including this and the original design for the wolf, like I said. But, um, yeah. Basically, they shoot the fuck out of her and she falls down. Um, they're like, this is the werewolf. And he's like, they kick it. And the police are like, well, she's de- it's dead. And Jimmy goes, no, you have to separate the head from the body. Just then Joni pops up and screams and a cop shoots her in the head. And her brains just leak out all over the floor. Gross. So Joni's dead now. Um... Because her brains are on the floor, so her head is on the technicality detached from her body. Um, but Jimmy and Ellie are like, oh shit, and they decide to go and look for Bo. Um, Bo is knocked the fuck out in the House of Mirrors, but he's still alive. Um, yeah. <laughs> My cat. Um, Hi. But Jimmy's like, let me go look for Jake. Jake is gone. Um, this officer is talking to animal control like, yeah, we shut the fuck out of this thing, dude. It was so huge. You're going to need like a forklift to get this thing up. And they come and look at the sheet covering it. And it's very, very small under that sheet. And he's like, it, it looked a lot bigger. They pull the sheet off, and it is very much Joni with a hole in her dome, and her brains just scattered all over the floor. If you're watching the unrated version, the regular version, she's just laying naked, facing away. But, um, yeah. So Ellie and Jimmy go home. Everything is okay because Joni's dead. They get home. And Jimmy and Ellie start kind of talking. The house is destroyed. And Ellie's like, what the fuck happened? And Jimmy's like, I told you. Zipper went full werewolf and destroyed the house. Um, But Ellie's like, I gotta find Jake. I gotta get a hold of Jake. And Jimmy's like, dude. Like, why, why are you still defending him? Like, do you not realize that all of this happened because of him? Um, I would agree. Um... Like, yeah, Joni went and killed some people, but at the end of the day, Jake did turn her. Um, because he can't keep his dick in his pants. Um, but Jimmy eventually is like, you know what, whatever, Ellie. And Ellie's like, can you get me some light? Like, there's no light in the house, so he goes to fix the breaker in the basement. He knocks some stuff over when he gets down there, and he picks up a golf club, and he notices the veins are, like, pulsating through his hand. And 
it's kind of odd. So, oh, maybe they are not good. So as Ellie's cleaning up, we can see the veins like pulsating in the back of her neck as well, and she feels it. Um, she then sees the silver serving spoon spatula thingy on the floor that burned Jimmy, and she picks it up, and it burns her! So, like, clearly, no change here. Um, then she notices the front door's open, and she goes to check Jake is here. He's basically like, hey, Ellie. She's like, oh my god, I'm glad you're okay. And she starts to be in a lot of pain. She's changing. And he's basically like, it's okay, Ellie, like... Once you go through with this, like, we can be together forever. Um. Basically, Jimmy is big, or Jimmy, Jake is big bad. He wants Ellie to become a wolf. The only way for them not to become a wolf is to kill Jake. And, um. Ellie is not on board. She's not. Um, Jimmy's going upstairs to help, but then he stops because his stomach starts to, like, contort. And it looks like he's changing. Jake says, Well, the only way for you to stop the transformation is for me to die. I'm not ready to die yet. And Ellie's like, I can't do that to Jimmy. And Jake is like, let me guess, your parents made you take care of Jimmy? Well, um, you're doing a bad job, and you're kind of a disaster. Like, fuck you, Jake! Fuck you! What real struggle have you had to deal with? God, I'm just drowning in pussy, and, like, women have emotions? Like, go to hell. Um, so... <laughs> Jake wants to kill Jimmy because there's only room for one alpha, I've heard a few podcasts point out the fact that, like, I don't think Jimmy would even be a threat in the alpha position. <laughs> like, I don't I don't think Jimmy would fight you on that one, bud. Like, <laughs> like Jesse Eisenberg, the alpha wolf. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. Um. Anyway, he gets the best of Ellie, and then he goes down the stairs, and he sees Jimmy. He's like, sorry, buddy, I gotta do it. And Ellie tries to stab him with this serving spoon spatula thing, the silver one, and Jake catches her arm and throws her to the floor. But she stabs him in the stomach with talons that come out of her hand. Um, but then once he falls, she looks, and they're gone. And he goes, yeah. It comes and goes. At first. Um. So then Jimmy pops up behind him and whacks him in the head with a shovel. And as Jimmy falls down, Jimmy, or Jake falls down, too many J names. Jimmy starts to realize that his hands are changing. And then his feet, like he sees like his dog feet and talons pop out through his shoes. Um. So then Jake starts to attack him, and Jimmy jumps up onto the ceiling and starts crawling around the ceiling. Eventually, Jake throws him outside, and he begins to choke Ellie. 
Um, as he's choking Ellie out, he's, like, talking shit to her. Ellie tries to grab the serving spoon spatula thing, and she cannot. Eventually, we see that Jimmy crawls along the ceiling back into the house. And he makes his way over and jumps on Jake and starts to attack him. Um, he, like, slices his neck with a talon. And then Ellie stabs Jake in the chest with the serving thing. Um... As serving silver serving spoon whatever as jake falls on the floor and he's like clutching his chest and screaming ellie jabs a shovel in between his neck and his head and shoves her foot down decapitates him his body bursts into flames y'all <laughs> like that that's how every werewolf ever dies they just burst into flames um i'm fine with it <laughs> um ellie and jimmy hug and just as they're hugging zipper runs back up and he is the werewolfified but behind zipper who is it it's brooke and brooke's like hey i found him wandering around and jimmy's like brooke how did you find my house Bo comes out Bo is trying to make up for his blatant homophobia by setting up Jimmy with his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> this is cute. I'm sorry. This is cute. Um, I, I love this concept. Um, Jimmy's like, do you want me to walk you home? And Brooke's like, sure. And they kiss in front of Ellie and Bo, who recently, as of recently, was in a relationship with Brooke. Um, Jimmy and... Brooke go to walk away and Bo's kind of staying there awkwardly and Jimmy turns and looks and goes you coming Bo? And all three of them fucked. The end. Just kidding. They walk away and Ellie, it, it, it I the fact that this line is in here really just throws me because it really just turns it into like a 50s like um, like a 50s sitcom and they walk away and Ellie goes, Oh, you guys have fun. I'll just stay here and clean. You have been watching my wolf and kids. Um, <laughs> um, basically, Ellie goes back into the house and we see that there is a full moon. No wolf. Zipper is also still good. He runs into the house, and we pan out along this eventual threesome, holding hands and walking home. And the movie ends. That's that's cursed, y'all. Final thoughts. Oh, um, you know this movie is not great by any means. Very corny, but like. It kind of rests on the line of camp for me at the same time. It really does. I think that this movie was meant to be a bit more serious and more on the scary side. Um, and with what we got, I still love it. I think it's fun. It's really funny. The dialogue is so out of this world insane. Um, <laughs> just the homophobia and also just <laughs> the, 
the idea I, I i literally at least once a day think of joni the werewolf screaming liar and flipping off ellie i really do <laughs> um but i had a lot of fun with this movie i had a lot of fun talking about it too um it was a fun ride um see the effects were not great story was not awesome but again, that is no fault to Wes Craven, so you can't be too mad. Um, but like I said, I thought this movie was entertaining still. It gave me a laugh. It was fun. Um, yeah. Dislikes. Hmm. My biggest dislike, obviously, is that studio and produ- studios and producers got involved and fucked the entire storyline up and ruined Wes and Kevin's vision. Um... But as far as the product we got, I would say one of my main dislikes was that we gave Jenny such, like, a cool chase scene when she was, like, a really irrelevant character. And in the original script, she was a bit more relevant. And I feel like Maya was a pretty big star at the time. I think she should have gotten a bit of a bigger role. Maybe that's just biased of me. I don't know. Same with Shannon Elizabeth. I actually would have liked to see more of her in this movie. She was also a pretty big star at the time. And she's a pretty talented actress. And I actually love Shannon Elizabeth. I feel like I did... Actually, I don't know. Because I didn't finish her season of Celebrity Big Brother. But like, she seemed like a sweetheart on there. Jake. Jake is another dislike for me in this movie because his character was added pretty much because um, Skeet's character Vince was cut. But with that being said, I say with that being said so many times it's kind of annoying. But anyway, with that being said, um, (laughs) basically, they did not have to make him such a bitch like such a bitch dude was whining and crying the whole movie like oh my god and that's what bugged me like like he's got all of these bitches on him but he's also acting like a bitch himself so like what really how was he getting all these girls I want everyone to know, by the way, I know I've said bitches a few times. That is not me being misogynistic. (laughs) I think bitch is a term of power, first and foremost. And second of all, I feel like I'm kind of saying it ironically, right? Um, Anyway, (laughs) I think I've established a billion times that I love women. Um, But anyway... um, Um, okay, I think now I'm gonna move into my favorite character segment, and this is gonna be, um, this is definitely gonna be Joni. I'm giving it to Joni, Judy Greer. Um, I love her character. Any character Judy Greer plays where she's, like, a stuck-up snooty bitch, like, that's, that's who I want her to be. Like, that's who I'm a love, because I think Joni was so funny. I think her banter was absolutely hilarious. The fact she's sitting here, like, sucking dick to get Scott Mayo on a talk show. So funny. Um... But, beyond that, um, 
Let's rate Cursed. I am going to give Cursed a 7.5. This wasn't a great movie by any means. It really wasn't, but it is fun. It's stupid fun. Um, and it's got, you know, Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, Maya, Shannon Elizabeth, um, who else? Um, Portia de Rossi, like, pops her head in for half a second, if anyone cares. She's great on Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, Judy Greer, Judy Greer also. Um, so yeah, that was my review on Cursed. Next week, we jump into our very first drumroll theme month. Mm-hmm. It's a theme month, everybody, and we are going to somewhat divert from horror here and there. Um, I have four movies lined up for the month of June, which include queer content that I really like. Um, With that being said, next week we actually are somewhat staying in the horror realm, but we are going to horror comedy. And I'm actually really excited for this movie because I watched it like years ago. I want to say like 2016. 2015, I don't know, whenever it came out is when I watched it. Got some queer content, lesbian content, if you will. We are going to watch All Cheerleaders Die. I'm excited. I haven't seen it since I watched it the first time, but I remember this movie being so stupid fun. It's a horror comedy, and it's got lesbians, so I'm I'm really excited to talk about it. Um... In this episode, we will be released next week. So, um, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, I've said it already in Oculus, and I've said it in this one. I'll do it again. I'm sorry that (laughs) this is all over the place. I'm going to finish this first season out, and I'm going to faithfully take a break and start over after a period of time when I have some episodes recorded and edited and whatnot. And yeah, so get ready for Pride Month. See y'all then.